hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the Gaming Society Football Edition. My name is David Anderson. That man across the screen from me is named Michael Vick. We are here to help you to talk some sports, talk exactly. some gaming, but mainly around football because, let's be honest, as much as we think we're basketball players at heart, we're still football players. So we're here to give you the Gaming Society Football Edition. How you doing, Mike? I'm good, man. What's up with you, Dave? I see both of us need to work on our backgrounds. We're still, uh, you know, it's early in the season, as we say. How about this? How about this? Because, you know, I had to check in with our producers to make sure. I told them I need a better background. <laughs> you do too. Maybe by the end of the year, we have better backgrounds. Let's work on that together. Or we could have a bet on who has a better background in three weeks. We give ourselves three weeks, gather up some memorabilia, gather up some cool things, Don't, put them in the background. I'm going to smoke you, Dave. Well, you're you're going to see our fantasy pick. Andre Reid had his own, his own bust in there. Well, I mean, Andre Reid is Andre Reid. He is in the Hall of Fame. Let's just remember that. Yeah, so I'll take you up on that challenge. We'll talk about it. Right now, I'm killing you, Dave. Yeah, it looks like I'm stuck on uh, stuck on one of those ships out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean waiting to get yeah, lit. I got a bunch yeah. of Peloton bikes in the back of this thing that right, we're trying right. to get like off. You, uh, <laughs> like a longshoreman. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, hello to everybody. You know what? Mike and I have had a good time kind of uh, – Use, using numbers to talk ball, using gaming to talk ball, I think it always gives players a former uh, and former players a way to kind of obviously stay involved with what, what's going on in the field. But um, it allows us to really get, pull out our own insight and uh, interesting perspective. And one that I think uh, coming up here that no average person kind of knows about is the first game jitters, the first first game perspective like the emotion, uh, the, the 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 jitters, the worries, the anxiety that comes yeah. with that first game. I know I have mine uh, from my perspective, but I'm super curious about you because you had a lot more expectations on yourself than I did. You had a lot yeah. more expectations from fans, from a whole franchise. And, I mean, from the first snap you ever played until every year, see, you know, what first kind of game snaps. But can you walk us through kind of – the first game of the year for you and what that kind of that perspective was. I can't explain how nerve wracking it was because you pretty much spend from maybe April when you start back uh, off season training and conditioning into the start of the season to kick off worrying about the opposing team and how they're going to knock you around and beat you up. Bad things just play a factor in your head interceptions, fumbles, the game might not go right. It's too much time in between from April to September. All you think about is the bad things that's going to happen. But it's a lot of good to creep in, too, because you got so much time to prepare. You know, so the jitters just be through the roof. I have a question. Did were you? I'm assuming you were a captain the majority of your career. Were you a captain yeah. year yeah. two or year one? Were you one or you two? I want to say I wasn't a captain until like year four. I was so you're out there for the coin toss. You're out there for the coin toss. I never went out for the coin toss. You never got to pick heads or tails. Not in my first three or four years. No, I had to earn it. Okay, but you did because because I always think like some players that like helps them out is to be on the field, feel the grass under your feet a little bit, get involved (laughs) in the coin toss, and then be able to like I don't know see the other team a little bit yeah, more, get up yeah. and up close and personal. But I would say the different, main difference between myself and you is I got to run down on kickoff. Right. I, I can damn near you got to I can bet everything. You didn't ever have to run down on kickoff. Now, yeah. that was uh, – I don't think I've ever ran as fast in my entire life. Now, every time I did it for six years straight, it was ball was kicked through the end zone, so I didn't have to tackle anybody, which I was probably – I was thankful for that as well. But, yeah. like, I was flying. 
And yeah. so in the same way, did you have, do you remember any first year play uh, for or any first snaps? Did you, I know I'll never, everyone will always remember when you're going deep to Deshaun Jackson, one of the, one of the first plays of a game. Yeah. But that was like week 11. We was in a groove. Um, let me see. Week one, uh, go through the roller decks real quick. Yeah, one. Oh, Green Bay. Yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, one starting. That's so that's the 2002 season. And um, I remember early in the game, we had a play that I didn't think was going to work. It was like a throwback all the way across the field to Sean Jefferson. Might have happened in the first quarter, but I had to roll to my right, set up, and then throw back, cross my body to the left. And we had so imagine trips right, you know, X backside. He's mm-hmm. like on the, the deepest post corner you can imagine. Well, he, is that the one where he runs the lazy, the lazy deep over the lazy and then over. he slows down and then hits the, hits the gas. The old, the old. And then uh, head to the pylon. Rod Smith route from Never Broncos used yes. to run that all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. We called it just head to the pylon <laughs> and heave it. So we got man coverage. He broke it off. Uh, I recognized the man coverage and I, I recognized the breakoff, so I didn't have the launches as far. But it was a completion, nevertheless, and it was probably like a forty-six yard throw on the rope. You can Google it. There, what people don't realize is like the first game of the season. I can definitely speak for this in college because we used to play Colorado, one of our rivals, of the first game of the season. And if you win or lose, it really sets the tone for the next four games because right. uh, typically NFL teams, at least the ones I've been on, we break the season down into quarters. You're trying yeah. to win. You're trying to win every quarter. Yep. Trying to win three yep. out of four games. And when you lose that first game, like you know, there's a joke. Oh, half the teams and lose every weekend. But the yeah. it's just really hard to get over that first game hump because when you when you ride the high, I know that just like you mentioned, since April you've been training, playing, hard, practicing hard. You win, feels good. You got momentum going. It's tough to lose that first game. I think I can say. I think I can say I never lost on opening day. If I'm not mistaken, as a starter, never lost on opening day. Like I said, it was just too much anxiety, man. From April to September, once again, I reiterate, it was just nothing but positive and negative thoughts. My positive thoughts was about winning the game, getting off to a one of those start, making some of my guys happy receivers. The negative thoughts was who was on the defense? What corner was I facing? Was he going to be a problem? Do I have to stay away from him? What defense alignment? Three technique, five technique. Is he going to dominate? Do I need to move the pocket? I, I got so sick of thinking about all that. By the time we got there, it was like I was so in fast motion that boom, 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 touchdown, touchdown. We win the game, and so I never. I don't think I ever lost on opening day. You, 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 you remember what you need to worry about after uh, after that first couple snaps. You're like this. All that other shit doesn't matter. Yes, um, yes. My only time winning week one was uh, Arian Foster's breakout game against the Indianapolis Colts when he ran for about 220 yards and four uh, yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, that was 2000, that. 2008, I think. Um, that was the only time I ever won on uh, opening week, opening week. Otherwise, we always were digging out of a hole on the Texans. Yeah, but- we were struggling. But I'll tell you what we never had to do was start the season on Thursday night football, which is uh, coming up what here. This Thursday, we got the, the, the Cowboys versus the Bucks. She's smoking. This is uh this is a hell of a game on, on to start the season, which I know mm-hmm. they do this on purpose. Yeah. Um it, it's it's honestly probably in my opinion. Did you ever have to play on Thursday nights? 
You did probably did one. Did you ever I played do one? a couple Thursday nights, but never opened the season. But up. that's that's the time. If you're gonna do it, that's yeah. the time to do it is to open up the season because when it's a regular right. season Thursday night game, all you you throw regular practice out the win. You always take the veteran teams. This is an interesting Thursday night football game in that, like yeah. you know, the, like the Bucks, who they are, and the Cowboys, who they are. Yeah. You got two flat two teams that are kind of flashy right now. The Cowboys doing the hard knocks thing, showing what they're showing their yeah. hand a little bit on hard knocks. And you got the Bucks, exposure. the Bucks doing a lot of exposure because of Tom Brady. Curious kind of like quick quick hitter on 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 the Bucks and the Cowboys. What do you any any thoughts on that matchup or uh who well, you like? I'll say this. Uh, one thing I do know is that it's gonna be either a high scoring game or a low scoring game. It's gonna it's not gonna be anything in between. Um you know, I know Tom Brady is fired up for another year, uh, another run in the championship. And, you know, you're looking at a team that signed everybody back. You know, I, I have to say no more. And then the Dallas Cowboys, with the anticipation of Dak returning and some pieces thrown in, you know, missing a guard this week. I think a guard or a tackle, somebody went down with the COVID, unfortunately. But um, Dak has shown us that he can score a lot of points against – any opponent. And if it comes to that, I think he can get in the shootout and, and maybe keep it close. But if not, it's going to be a defensive game because I think definitely Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is what it's going to be from last year. But I think the Dallas Cowboys improved. So you did you did my favorite part, which is you set up numbers, right? So like I'm a numbers guy, analytics guy. If anything, I, I like uh, gaming because um, it, it gamifies the data like and information and it yeah. really helps, uh, helps me communicate it to an athlete. Right. And, and if okay. I can get athletes more comfortable in data and analytics then, then I'm doing my job. And so you already set it up. That you, think Tampa, you already think Tampa Bay is favored, meaning you think they're going to win. Do you think they're going to win by more or less than a touchdown? I think it'll win by less than a touchdown. Okay, so Tampa Bay win by less than a touchdown. So Tampa Bay and Vegas, you and you and Vegas are like right hand in hand. They're minus eight, yeah. right? So that that's the line, right? They're favored by eight points. So Vegas is basically okay. daring you to say they're going to win by a touchdown or less, whereas they're also daring you to say they're win by. But minus eight is one of those very dangerous points because okay. you know if they yeah. win by a touchdown, you still win, right? Minus right. like six and a half is also a dangerous point because you're saying they they don't believe it's, it might as well they be don't fun. believe. It might as well be four and a half and six and a half because right. there's no one score. No one wins by five. No one wins by six. Really, it's either a field goal or a okay. touchdown. So that okay. eight and that six, you know, anything barely above seven or barely below seven is that kind of line in the sand. So you're kind of right there with them. A minus eight. You think you don't you don't believe they're going to win by more than a touchdown? You would take the Cowboys. Nope. The yep. over under. You say it's a low scoring game, right? You set this up perfect. So okay. Let's say it's. Do uh, you think? Do you think each team is going to score more than? So I'm just going to give you the number. It's 52 and a half. If we split that in half, okay. that's 26 points. A 26. Team. Yep. Okay. Exactly. So, but which is not a realistic number. So 28 to 21. That's 49. You're that's still 49. not there. You're still not yeah. there. Right. So right. you need to, which, which is interesting, right? Is so that's like, the, over, that's the over under. That's when you're messing okay. with the over under because you don't, I got you. you don't get too obsessed with the number of points. You're figuring out how are they going to get there? Right. So what they're yeah. saying with 52 and a half is yeah. like, all right, they're going to win. If it's 28, 21, what if another, what if we add another field goal there? So 28, 24, that's 52. That's the under. So you're like, right. okay. And the, there's a funny saying, it's never over until it's under meaning like, the game, your bet is never finally done until the game is over. And because right. think about like how many times it scores 28, 21, 
and there's four minutes left, and the game's been over for a while. Tampa Bay yeah. won. Or, yeah. or, no, let's say it's 28-14, mm-hmm. and the game's been over for a while. And all of a sudden, the Cowboys score a late garbage time uh, touchdown. They get the touchdown. onside kick and kick a field goal, yeah. and all of a sudden, now they hit the over. They screw everything it screws, up. It screws, that happens all the time. So, like, that's that's the point. That's the line in the sand right there is, is 52 and a half. I'm with you on that one. I don't think they're going to hit that. I think Tampa Bay's defense is too good. That's a lot. Yeah. I think Tampa Bay's defense is too good. I don't think the Cowboys are that confident. I don't think Dak's that confident yet. I think he yeah. can score. I think he can score three or four touchdowns. But like we just said, I don't know if that's enough. Um, I think Tampa Bay will score. Uh, but And I think Tampa Bay. Where I disagree with you, I think Tampa Bay wins this game by probably 10. So yeah. that's where, yeah. that's where that's I'm fair. at. You know what? I take that back too, man. I'm thinking about it, man. The more I... And I got to be careful as we go through this throughout the year because I know we're going to start getting serious with these bets and <laughs> over-unders and learning. And, Never serious. But, but, I, we're, but I we're, like, more, we're more on the fun side of this. Just remember that. You remember that. If they're serious, well, they're going to be serious to, teaching well, it. But yeah. I want to – you know, I have so many guys that come to me, Dave, and <laughs> asking me about over – look, at, I understand the over-under and the point thing. You know, that that whole system, I understand because it's a couple of guys I don't had to – you know, help them out and, and yeah. hit points. Help you know? Do you think that this team gonna score forty or fifty points or whatever? So I say, all I have to say, I I want to get to a point where I can go bet, yeah, and make some money. I see my dudes patting their pockets and they just <laughs> like money, heavy payouts. Well, well heavy I mean, payouts. All right, so that's just Thursday, but these teams in general, bigger picture, both teams, Dallas Cowboys, uh, they are let's say that their totals. So now we're going to talk okay. about total. So this is a future bet. We talked a little bit about this last time. Future bet. How many games do you think they're going to win? Don't forget, 17-game season totally throws everything for a loop. Yeah. I don't think this is a, a playoff football team. But also what's interesting is you can make the playoffs uh, in the NFC East winning, what, eight games, nine games half the time? Well, now you're probably going to have to win yeah. nine games. You might have to yeah, win ten. Nine. So – where how many games this year do you think the Cowboys are going to win? We're going to have Mike Vick set the uh, set the futures line right here for the Dallas Cowboys. See how close you are to Vegas. I mean, look, I, I think with Dak returning, this probably needs no dissertation. I think you asked me a straightforward question, um, but you know, I got to kind of think about why I got to answer this in a certain way. Um, are they a playoff team in the NFC? Yes. Okay. I think they're a playoff team out of the out of the NFC East for sure, like hands down. All right, so their playoff playoff team in the NFC East. How many games do you think they're going to win? Seventeen game season. I think they. I think they win ten games. I think they go ten and seven. The line is nine. Wow, you're you're a Vegas sharp already. Tampa they're Bay. Torn line. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is twelve. Twelve wins this season. That's a tough Understandable. one. Understandable. But what's interesting is like you have to take into account their division. How many times they play those teams, right? So like that's I think people. Um, when they see these lines and whatnot, and and and, and I never looked at these uh, when I was playing. That's for sure. I never understood how many games that Vegas thought we were going to win as the Texans. I'm sure it was right. never over seven. I just remember Coach Kubiak always telling us we're going to be better than a 500 football team this year, which was always our goal uh, coming out of the blocks. So nine and lofty goal. nine and eight, <laughs> nine and eight would have been pretty <laughs> Come good. Come on, for Coach. Us. We'll be better than 500. Nine and eight would have been pretty good for hey. us. But hey, 12, that's mediocre. A 12 and five football team. Um, that's a hell of a team. That's a team that's beating the piss out of everyone in their division. And I yep. think that's, you know, that that's definitely a team come Thursday night. Football that's a strong is gonna, team. It's going to hand some, uh, hand some L's that, out. That will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. For sure. I got, there's different places 
that have different numbers. You got nine and a half wins. See that how they throw that half in there to to, to cheat you, right? Now right. that really means they got to win ten. And Tampa Bay and a lot of books has eleven and a half wins, meaning they got to win twelve. Yeah, win twelve. Okay. Exactly right. And the numbers that they give you are minus one forty and plus one ten, or minus one fifty plus one twenty five. So let me go through that really fast with you. Okay. So basically, that's the juice. So instead of when you and I used to bet room with foot racing, I bet you $100 I could beat you down the block. You win. I give you 100 bucks. Imagine one of our friends is holding it, and he's doing odds. And he says, well, Michael Vick's a little faster, so I'm going to favor him. He's minus 140. So in order to right. take Dave's $100, you have to bet 140 bucks on Mike. Okay. So you bet 140 bucks, and then you would get Dave's 100 So that's basically how they do that. So you got to bet a little extra, and vice versa. When it's plus, you don't. So if Dave wins and it's plus one ten, I win. If I bet a hundred, I win one hundred and ten bucks. Yeah, yeah, oh. that's a little enticing. So yeah, so that's that's the, that's the guy on the. I would call the juice is like the guy on the corner. The yeah. guy taking the guy taking taking all the bets. Which you gotta uh, be careful he, with him. Gotta, be, gotta watch him. <laughs> yeah, he don't want to know something. He's frustrating. He's frustrating. But I always got to be wary of a guy who knows something. But if, if we are going to get into these numbers, I think, uh, like I mentioned, being the data guy and teaching players through data and analytics, we're going to go into our, our segment here, the betting academy. And I think what we have to do uh, this week, especially uh, one that's really important to know, because it's week one um, or week zero in a lot of cases, but week one, you're starting off uh, against the spread, right? Um, oh. Do you have any, if you were to guess what against the spread would mean, you kind of know the numbers, you know, the spreads, you have any idea uh, it's called ATS in a lot of places. If you see ATS, it's against the spread. Any guesses what against the spread would mean? So you're pretty much going against um, what the Vegas odds are or what they project them. Cause I always said, my friends said going against the spread, Vegas said this, or Vegas said that, you know, so I'm, I'm thinking, Somebody who's an expert better say this is going to be the, the spread. Everybody follow the trend, and that's what's trending. That's what everybody's talking about. All right, I'm trying to. So find... maybe that's what maybe that's what Vegas put down on paper and sell to the public. I don't know the spread. They sell the spread. I think I think you are sixty one fifty. You were sixty one fifty one and one. My record? Your record as a as a quarterback. Does that sound right? I'm looking up at pro football record. That makes me right mad. Now. That makes me a little mad. That was oh. a little better than that. I'm sorry. That was like 61 and or maybe 71 and that is your record. Ahead. So let's look you up against the spread. Michael it's not Vick. a bad record. Michael career ATS. Michael Vick against the spread, 54, 55, and three. Ooh, that's that interesting. Now here's here's yeah, that's a little. Here's what you need to know. I think the only people that should be graded against the spread are college football coaches. Let me tell you why. why. You and I'll start with this, right? So basically, against the spread means do do they think you're going to cover? Uh, say say you're a quarterback in the Falcons, and you guys are minus seven, meaning you're favored against uh, whoever the Dallas Cowboys, and you guys win by you guys win by nine. You're one and zero against the spread. Basically, you. So you uh, were better than the public's overcame, expectations overcame. of you. Yes, we overcame. Not necessarily right. overcame. That's where the line ended up. That's what the public. Yeah. That's what the public thinks of the game, and you exceeded oh. their expectations. Okay, so got you. That's. 
But the problem with that grading a player or a quarterback is sometimes your your team is overvalued and you're doing and you're trying to do too much and you don't get there. You might win. Your yeah, team might be right, favored right. by twenty one, right. but your back your back goes down. Whatever yeah. and you win by twenty, you're mine. You're zero and zero and one against the spread, but right. you still did a hell of a job. So right, for a, right, for a right, player, right. it's never really that indicative of how good they are. But for a college gotcha. football coach, I always think it's really good because that's where you, all things are more equal. Like. I always thought like Nick Saban, I wonder what he is against the spread, right? Like you, you wonder yeah. like all these new coaches because yeah, he's, he's 14, and 0, but how, how often did he actually beat what the public thought he was going to do? I think that's, right. what's really interesting now. Right. right. I haven't ever looked up, very interesting. never looked up that stuff, but against the spread that that's basically how it is. So how far do you succeed the, the public's expectations? Now I want you to guess who is the best quarterback in the NFL against the spread. This means who – now, this can this can go two ways, right? This could be a guy that the yeah, public now, doesn't think it, is very yeah, good and is barely saying. better like, than. It could, it, could be any, it could be anybody. Teddy Two Gloves. Teddy Two Gloves. <laughs> Teddy Two Gloves cover the spread. Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, good quarterback, I will say that. So that don't surprise me. That don't, but, it, but it does because it seemed like Teddy been off the grid for a couple of years. You know, it seemed like – so here's a stat. If you had bet $100 on every Teddy Bridgewater game, every time he started in his NFL career, you'd have earned 1,881 bucks. Wow. That's not bad. Meanwhile, not bad. Danny, meanwhile, Danny Dimes, abysmal eight and 18 when loss against the, uh, just eight, 13 and 13 against the spread. So you see, it's interesting. You know what against the spread is like, I, I always like that. It's, it's tougher against a quarterback. I, like I mentioned, it's tough to judge a quarterback on that stuff because you have yeah. so many things you're not in control of. And especially because your defense yeah, well, uh, cannot hold up in the end of a game, or you could be like the Texans and we'd always give up 10 points in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter for no reason, even if we're up 20 right. or tied game. So like, I think that that all that stuff is indicative of how you are against the spread. Now people, the public would argue that's baked in, but it's really hard to because you might have the ball at the end of the game with you know three minutes and thirteen seconds. You might be able to run the whole thing out, right? That's right, that's right. always your that's always your goal. But against yeah, yeah, the spread, yeah. a good one to look at for coaches. I think offenses are it's kind of interesting, and and sometimes quarterbacks, but not always the case. Good information for me to know. We're, we're we are we I'm are riding with Teddy Two Gloves <laughs> in Denver this week. I'm telling you, I'm scheming. Denver is not our intriguing, intriguing matchup of the week. Who is it? Our intriguing match of the week is uh, the Patriots versus the Dolphins. Two Alabama quarterbacks, Mac Jones versus Tua. That's cool. Patriots are favored by three points. Um, now the Dolphins were the best against the spread last season, eleven and five. So now we got all that information. The Patriots are favored, but the Dolphins yep. are best against the spread. Best now here's the interesting: if you're favored by three, if you're favored by uh, Patriots are favored three. by three, that means you got to basically win. In order to yep. get that, because there's no ties, and um, yeah, you, no you, t- yeah. you can't lose by one or two. I guess you could, right. but like that's not going to happen. I'm not sure. I find this game most intriguing because it's going to be interesting to say this. This really is going to set the set the tone for these guys' seasons. But I'm curious what you yep. think. These are young quarterbacks. These guys are both from Alabama. You got guys that know each other reasonably well. Uh, from a quarterback perspective, that doesn't mean the defenses know them, but you you know you can kind of give some secrets to your defense about how that guy plays. What do you think two young quarterbacks going against each other, Patriots or Dolphins? What's kind of your first kind of off the uh, off the cuff? I can I can tell you this. I know Tua not going to want to lose to the guy who backed him up last year or the year before. 
Yeah. Um, I'm I'm sure Mac Jones is on the roster, and Mac Jones is a rookie quarterback. So is in his second year. You don't want the rookie, no offense, coming in and knocking you off week one when you're supposed to have a year of experience under your belt and you got some weapons behind you on a really good team. You got a team like New England who's pretty much rebuilding but got some core pieces back that's a a good football team when they walk into that stadium. So um, Tua got a lot of motivation for this one and he got to earn a lot of respect this year. I think he's ready for it. He got Jalen Waddle. I think he's going to help on the offensive side. The defense always comes to play, but he's going to be the guy who's going to have to get him out of that stadium with a win at some point. What was the biggest step on you that took, day? Step took you you took from year one to year two. Confidence. Yeah, when you get the reps and you know, to Tua's defense, it was no OTAs last year. It was no. Mm-hmm training camp, mini camp. So he didn't get the reps that he truly deserved in order to show that he was a, you know, world-class quarterback. But now he has that time. So he's had that time and now he can, you know, he can flourish. Like this is, you know, an, an offense that I think he can be good in. And confidence means letting it, believe in what you see and letting it, letting it rock, yeah, letting it rip it, out of your hand. Just, you know, it's that's, been it's, cool. It's been cool, calm, collected, not being stressed. Um, not coming into a the game with a lot of anxiety or, you know, worried about the stresses of what the defense might try to do to you, getting tricked, getting picked off, not winning the game. It's a lot of things that can cloud your brain. Yeah, two, you can just go out and play. You hear the play come in and flow. You know what you have to do to make the play work and execute it. And then it's on to the next. So yeah. I I know that I felt that. I felt it in college. I felt it in, you know, college from you know, my redshirt freshman year when I first got to Virginia Tech to my second year, which was my redshirt freshman year that I started, you know, all types of accolades, player of the year, yep. Asman Trophy candidate. And then in the NFL, going from a rookie who was somewhat frustrated to my second year being comfortable and, and, and walking into Green Bay at the end of the year and making history. I, I, remember, I remember two plays in my career where, whether it's like confidence it's like the matrix kind of to a degree. I remember it was my sophomore season. I was like halfway through my sophomore season. I was running what was basically a deep over route. And in my head before the snap, I was like, they're going to roll coverage. I'm going to stem him outside, get in his blind spot. He's going to flip his hips. I'm going to turn. I'm going to, I'm going to put, put my right foot on the ground. I'm going to break, catch it. And I'm going to run for like 45 right here. And that exact thing happened. Like, yeah. Boom, the coverage rolled and like it was all going right in sequence. Right. And I was like, oh, right. I got the whole it thing. I got down. the whole thing figured out right it's here. It slowed down. Yes. And it took me three and a half years. I remember it was, it was a game against the Seahawks in the middle of my third season when I had a choice route. And I was like, they're going to come down. He's going to play inside, but I'm going to, he's, he's not going to think I'm that quick and I'm going to, I'm going to bait him outside. He's going to overplay. I'm going to step in the ground. I'm going to come inside on the choice route. Right. You know, the little uh, Texas route from the yeah. slot. Boom, yeah. boom. Cause if you can get inside, then you can get, you can get, you can get paid. Yep. So boom, got inside. And I made that play. And I was like, you know what, that, that for me is what I feel like. Cause that, that to me was the confidence. I, I never had the ball yep. in my hand. It had to be seeing what was going on. So I can only imagine yep. from the quarterbacks a lot more seeing but I also imagine the confidence is in the guys in front of you. Cause whenever I think young quarterbacks, I think how worried they are about the rush. Like you never right. see Brady right. and all the order 
old quarterbacks yeah. worry about. They know exactly where yeah. their pressure is coming yeah. from. Young quarterbacks are always like this. We respect our, our presence. We respect our feel for the pocket. Yeah, like that's a that's a respect that you got to have. A quarterback got to have for the pocket. And I know this sounds crazy, but you got to trust that your body gonna move to where it needs to move. If it's if it's a half inch right, yeah. if it's two steps back, if you got to push up and evade the pocket, you can't predetermine that or you have run into guys. And the times when I didn't understand the quarterback position and how to play it, and I was a little wacky and all over the place and playing and not thinking, I ran into people. I looked like a jerk back then. <laughs> the minute I learned to play the game, keep my eyes down the field, trust my body, trust my eyes, let the game yep. slow down, yep. I was able to move in the pocket the way, you know, it, it was gracefully. I would say that. You know, you know, you, you, I know you experienced it well, because I, I, yeah, yes. what you just explained was like, that's yes. football in its purest form. Yes. To be able to, it's graceful. You know, explain it like that. Yeah. For as big and as, as brutish and, and, and sweaty and gross yeah. as, as football is in a lot of ways, especially with the big uglies up in front. Right. Yes. When you can make the game look graceful with a step here or something like that, it's not wasted energy, right? It's like a pop up and, and it's boom yeah. and you're gone. And I think that's, yeah, uh, that, that, that's interesting. Now the Patriots. That's why it's called professional football. Exactly. The Patriots favored minus three. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Patriots. It's it's something about Mac Jones that I really like. It's kind of hard to explain. I think it was more so about just the look that he had in preseason. And I know this New England Patriots team is going to be better than they was last year because last year they was good. They was good. They were not mediocre. They were good. And, And way above average, way above average. And they was very competitive and New England Patriots, the New England Patriots, they're going to they gonna thump you. They're going to hit you, man. They're going to let you know. They play smart football, and now they got a quarterback that I think is just going to spread the ball around. And the, and the NFL obviously knows what they're doing, putting these two two quarterbacks against each other, these two teams against each other, because the Dolphins always yeah. cause the Patriots fits. You always remember those games where they go down to Miami and yep. lose, even though they're – like a you know whatever a twelve and two football team or something like that. So I'm excited to say this. I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I think the Patriots are going to win this football game. Yeah, I mean I'm, not a big, I'm not a big uh, believer in the Dolphins yet. I think they've kind of been awkwardly rebuilding and not knowing who yeah. to draft and doing some weird stuff. I don't think they have an identity yet. And if there's a team that's always ha- always has an identity, it's the Patriots. So I picked them. But I, you know, we said that might be the uh, that most most intriguing matchup week one. But I think the most intriguing matchup is actually. From our fantasy draft, Ray Lewis versus Paul Pierce. <laughs> I think uh, if you haven't watched the fantasy, if you haven't watched the a clip of the fantasy draft, you need to it's go really back. Good. You need to go back and click. Mike was a gentleman, letting everyone talk. Uh, Paul Pierce took over the show. Uh, Ray, Lewis, Ray Lewis overdrafted a defense, which uh, should have been it, it was expected. Uh, we had some WNBA superstars actually absolutely show up and steal your picks. That was fun, which was which was pretty hilarious. But overall, I think like you know what it, I I just always look at this stuff. You know what is is like I'm excited to work with players and to kind of like uh, show them fantasy football, show them gaming, all this right. stuff because I just think it's it, it makes the game so much more fun when you hear. Oh, Kevin man. Garnett and Paul Pierce and Michael Vick and Ray Lewis and Andre Reed 
and 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 everybody talking about uh, uh who who's going to win? Do I, how many quarterbacks should I have? And then Eric Dickerson comes in and drafts two it tight ends. So it's, fun. it's hilarious. It was so fun. It was so fun, man, to do that because I never did it before. I knew nothing about fantasy. People come up to me all the time. I'm you got you on my. I had you on my fantasy team. You won me all this money. I, I don't even know how I got on your fantasy team, but you know, now I know. And it's a cool process, man. And I encourage more people to get involved. You know, what was really funny is like, so I, like it, it, I had a comment and just kind of like came out of my head where I said, Kareem Hunt is still a really good football player. Yeah. And I Paul remember you saying like, that. What do you mean? Really good football players in the professional. And like that, what's funny is that's normally what I would say to like no. defend myself when people are like, Oh, were you good? I was like, I was in the NFL. Like, yeah, you don't like wake up and win the lottery and right. all of a sudden they get to play six years. Right. Like you don't sneak in. It um, just don't happen like that. But like you look at guys when I was going through the fantasy roster, like Todd Gurley is not on a roster right now. Like that blows my mind. He's right. 26 years old. Yeah. Todd Gurley is 20 and he is not and on only played like roster. seven years. He only been in the league like seven years. It, it, it blows my mind. So when you say he's still a good football player, I think what I what I meant is like that guy will still produce. And there's right. a reason he's still on Correct. the team and he's a guy that will still produce. And cause, cause you know, and I know the league is all about snaps. You got to yes. get snaps, but you don't yes. you, quarterback is a one position where you can still hang around as the guy who doesn't as a backup for a little while. But even then those guys cycle out fast as a receiver, right. there's no room for backup right. receivers. You got to yeah, get snaps. They, they come in and go on. You either they come find your way on. on the field or you don't. And so that's the same for running back. That's the yep. same. You might be able to get away as a swing tackle every now and then is, is not having yeah. as many snaps, but that's about it. The league's all it's about funny, snaps. Dave. I never looked at it like that, but good stuff. Yeah. I think that like if if there's any fantasy help that I can give everyone, look at snaps, look at targets because that's those are indicative of like who's playing, who who your team has trust in, and whatnot. Yep. So that's a little fantasy advice, but like always, Mike, it's a pleasure. I learned a lot from you, man. Gaming Society Football Edition Betting Academy. We're getting in and out with against the spread this week. Teachable moments. Mike Vick, Dave Anderson, Gaming Society. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs>